If you ever driven between Southern Cali and North Cali, you know exactly the long stretch of nowhere I'm talking about. You take Interstate 5 with the tourists and the truckers up the grapevine and out in a thousand miles of California farmland, past Bakersfield, avoiding Fresno as one should. But if you do this drive enough times, like for example, if you live in LA and your family lives in SF, you start to get bored and you look for things to do along the way. My mistake was getting bored. I have this book called Weird California about odd places and bizarre stuff. And a lot of them are out here in the farmland. This area just kind of breeds weirdness in people. Last time I made the drive, it was the world's largest box of raisins at the Sunmade headquarters in Kingsburg. Which was fine, but honestly, it's just a big box. But this time I wanted to try something spookier. Something more fun, at least. In a place called Elk Hills, west of I-5 and 119, you'll find a gigantic oil field, machines pumping all the way across the desert hills. Here's the closest I could get. I attach an image if you want to take a look. It'll be on the show notes. What the book says is that in the middle of this oil field, there's a tiny windowless building with a radio antenna. You take a scanner near it, you can hear a voice reciting numbers and letters over and over again. Different every single time. These things should be in the middle of Siberia, but there's one right here off the highway in a lonely oil field just outside Bakersfield. California has its own special little number station. That's worth a visit, right? I get the only equipment I have cheap scanner I got on Amazon because I live in a big city called LA engulfed in frantic chaos every other day and I thought who knows maybe something like this would be useful but I digress I loaded up my girlfriend's car and started driving heading north and I make it to Elk Hills in about two hours if you want to get in you can get in it's practically an invitation there's nobody here no cars no workers no security just a ton of oil pumps churning away and some lost chickens pecking around wandering from the farmland. But then there it is, at the top of the next hill. Tiny, windowless building with a radio antenna. Chain link fence around it, boxed in. I turn on the scanner and I hear the numbers right away. Echo, Alpha, Charlie, incoming, over. Echo, Alpha, Charlie, incoming, over, copy. First thought is, holy shit, I got something. The big, dumb, Mulder and Scully instincts come alive, and I can't help it. I floor it. I'm driving up the hill, and the voice comes back on the scanner. Same guy, same tone. Echo, Alpha, Charlie, incoming. Request to execute, over. I'm lifting my foot off the gas before I even realize it. Request to execute? I pull over, I get out, I leave the car. I'm looking up, scanning the horizon. Can't explain why, don't know what I'm looking for. A helicopter, spy plane, incoming what? All I hear are chickens pecking and oil pumps churning. A low industrial hum in every direction. The voice peaks at the same moment I look back at the car and I realize it. Echo Alpha Charlie, stop. Request to execute, over. Staring back at me, a California license plate. 
5EAC279. The voice repeats. Echo Alpha Charlie, stop. Request to execute target over. I'm moving back. I'm back in the car. I'm hitting the gas. I'm trying not to freak out. Target is advancing. Request to execute over. A slam on the brakes. Violent U-turn. Back the way I came. Target is aggressive. Request to execute over. I pulled over. I'm panicking. I'm out of the car, raising my hand. Not even sure where to look or what to say. Target is rendering over. over. Am I? I guess I am. Who am I surrendering to? I never felt such silence before until the voice returns, and I know disappointment when I hear it. Copy. Disengaging. Recalling unit. Unit? Noise across the road. Something in the hills just over the crest. Could it be chickens? Could it be my nerves? Target appears to understand. I look up the road to the tiny windowless building on the next hill watching over. Target is ordered to have a nice day. Scanner goes quiet with the squawk. I get in and I keep driving and I'm gone. Next time I'm taking the interstate, whatever that place is, I'm staying the hell out of range. I'm staying the hell out of there. Truckers tend to have some interesting stories. This is understandable given how much time they spend on the road. They're bound to come across something noteworthy eventually. I'm not a trucker, but I have heard a story from one that I think will fit well on this podcast. Just to give some background info, this happened over five years ago. I was coming from out of state in order to attend a family get-together for Thanksgiving. Things were going pretty well until my goddamn rental car broke down. The only upside was that it happened to be near a gas station when it did. Cursing, I coasted into one of the parking spots. And it was like two fucking hours of the tow truck guy not showing up, yet somehow being ten minutes away. At this rate, I was going to end up missing the gathering altogether. I originally wanted to get there early to help set things up. However, with my cousin still being three hours away... It didn't look like that'd be happening. Frustrated, I decided to head into the gas station for some coffee and a quick snack. The only other person in there besides the cashier was a trucker. While standing in line, he made some light conversation with him. My ears perked up when he mentioned the route he was driving on. Coincidentally, it was the one I needed to take after leaving the store. I approached the trucker who was filling up his tank, then introduced myself and I explained my situation to him. So you're saying you want me to give you a ride? Yeah, if you don't mind, I could pay you for it, if you like. He thought about it for a moment. Hey, what the hell? Could use the company. Name's Jimmy. My friends call me Jimbo. We firmly shook hands, and when he was done fueling his truck, we climbed inside it. He looked almost exactly what you picture in your head when you hear the word trucker. He was friendly, though and I was grateful for the favor he was doing for me. We spent the first hour or so making casual conversation. By hour three, it had gone dark and I was out of things to talk about. So you've probably got some stories, right? Being on the road so long and all. 
Buddy, you would not believe the shit I've seen on the job. I once saw a truck jackknife and flip right in front of me. Nearly ran me off the road. Thank God nobody got hurt. But that set me back almost two hours. Sounds rough. How did you come to be in this job anyways? It's a bit of a family thing. My dad and his were also in the profession. I see. Did they ever share any interesting stories with you? Well, I never met my granddad, but my dad... His voice trailed off and I noticed he seemed sad. Your dad what? Is there something wrong? It's just that he died about four years ago. Oh. Uh, Sorry to hear that. Thanks. Lung cancer. But I've made peace with it. Anyways, he had a bit of a drinking problem. He never beat us or anything, but he did tend to hit the bottle pretty hard around this time of the year. Did you ever find out why? Yep, every time he got a little too drunk, he'd always tell us about the story that he says happened to him and his dad, my grandpa. What was it? Did something bad happen to him? I guess you could call it a bit of a ghost story. Do you mind that kind of stuff? Not at all. Jimbo wrinkled his brow. Let's see here. My dad said this happened when he was eight. His dad decided to take him on a trip to give him an idea of what it would be like. Now it happened to be during November and the plan was for them to make it back in time for Thanksgiving. Things didn't pan out that way. What went wrong? My dad said that it started to happen about 40 miles from where they were headed. He was looking out the window, and that's when he saw it. What? He told us it was this shadow thing. It was really tall and stick-like. It had clawed hands attached to its arms that were so long they reached to his ankles. He told us the most disturbing thing about it was his face. The first time he saw the thing, it was only for a second. But he remembers having these yellow eyes, almost like headlights, and what he described as a two-white smile. Did your granddad see it too? Not right away. My dad tried to tell him about it, but he thought that he was just seeing things. My dad thought the same thing until he saw it again after five miles. He was starting to get scared. He tried telling his dad again and was told that he was getting on his nerves. He tried to ignore it, but it kept popping up. How come your granddad wasn't noticing it? He was too focused on the road. My dad said he was the kind of guy who tended to block things out to get the job done. I had gotten a chocolate payday from the convenience store. As he continued speaking, I unwrapped it and took a bite. Here's the thing, though. He told us it seemed to get closer each time he saw it. The closer it was, the more scared he got. We feel bad for him because whenever he tells this part, his hands would start shaking. He'd hate it when we told him that. He wasn't someone who liked showing weakness. I swallowed my piece of payday that I was shooting. When did your granddad notice it? By the time it was too late, my dad thinks that the thing was drawn to fear. That meant the more afraid he became, the more it wanted him. 
he wished that he realized that at the time because that might have saved his dad. He finally saw the thing too when it was standing right in the middle of the road. I sat up wanting to make sure I had paid close attention to what Jimbo was saying. The first thing he realized was that my dad had been telling the truth. The second was that they needed to get as far away from that thing as possible. Ask almost anyone who knew my granddad and they say that he was one of the hardest men they knew. But my dad said at that moment he became pale as a ghost. For some reason I felt my heartbeat start to quicken. Maybe it was the excitement of hearing the story or perhaps my body trying to warn me. I took another bite of my payday bar. He tried to get out of there, but that thing didn't let him. It grew and covered the front of my dad's trunk. The last thing he remembered right before passing out was seeing the thing smile right in front of them and my granddad screaming, Jesus. Yup, the highway patrol found my dad the next day. The truck had gone into the ditch. It took a couple of days for him to answer the questions since the incident had put him in shock. He told him what he'd seen. They chalked it up into him falling asleep and having a nightmare. And your granddad? They thought he got confused somehow and wandered off. They were never able to find him. My dad has said he was never quite the same after that. Even years later, he still had nightmares about what happened. There was a heavy silence between us. Then I spoke. Do you believe the story? And Jimbo sighed. My dad tended to be a brutally honest man. That got him into shit sometimes, so I don't think he was lying about it. He always looked dead serious while telling it, but I've never been able to bring myself to believe it entirely. I mean, I'm sure they did something, just not what he thought they did. Did he ever tell him that? Once, and I never made that mistake again. One of the few times he ever got seriously pissed at me, he said that he knew what he saw. I made the smart decision of not questioning the truthfulness of the story from then on. The headlights of Jimbo's truck illuminated the sign with the name of my cousin's neighborhood on it. Hey, this is where I need to be. He stopped the truck and I hopped out. I needed to cross in front of the truck since the subdivision entrance was on the other side of the street. It was after we did that that I noticed it was standing among the trees. The grinning tall shadow stared at us. My heart skipped a beat. I glanced back at Jimbo, and from his expression I knew that he saw it too. Well, thanks for the ride, I told him, keeping my voice level. No problem, he replied in a similar tone while tipping his cowboy hat to me. As he drove off, I began calmly walking to my cousin's house which was thankfully at the start of the neighborhood. All the while, I could see that thing staring at me from the corner of my eye. The guests stayed overnight. When it was time for everyone to leave, I made sure to do so during the day. The rental company lent me another car for free of charge to make up for the little hiccup. A week later, I got back home. I found out that something still bothered me, even now. I was talking with my cousin over the phone. I don't remember how exactly, but somehow the subject came up 
that a family of four went missing near his neighborhood. The police found their car empty and overturned on the side of the road. This happened only a day after I left. Sometimes I wonder if Jimbo is as bothered by what we saw as I am. I hope not. More than that, I wish to never see that thing again. If you do remember this story, it might just save your life.